right, big Thursday show. We're loaded and we're live out and about uh, out in the Western Burbs. Come see us in Warrenville. We are at Twin Peaks. We love coming out here. A lot of guys wearing their bear stuff. Three new bears entering the hall. It sure looks like, according to all yeah, the reports. Well, what happened to the great secrecy that used to be in this thing? Forget that about went that. Right down the tubes. Mongo, Julius Peppers. Um, you know who didn't have as long of a career, obviously here as Mongo and Devin Hester, but uh, still, Pep had a couple of incredible years yes. in a Bears uniform, and so it's going to be a pretty uh, Bears-centric Hall of Fame later this summer in Canton. I think Yurko said it uh, a few weeks ago when we sort of sense this coming. Uh, the Bears might be a prime team for the Hall of Fame game when you think about it. I don't know how they can't be with all the Bears flavor that's going to be there. I, I sense another trip, a bus trip to Canton. I, I, I sense summer. another meaningless exhibition game for our Coach Eberflus. I think that's that what I sense. Yep. So yeah. uh, a lot of Bears stuff. Come by and see us today. We have a totally packed show with basketball, baseball, and most importantly, football and the upcoming Super Bowl on Sunday. But it is the trade deadline in the NBA. Winter meetings are going on. Jesse's down there. He's going to join us. Reinsdorf meeting the media. Jed Hoyer meeting the media. Uh, Jeff Passan was very good talking a little baseball yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie. They, they did a lot on the Chiefs because he is a Kansas City uh, resident now. He's a right. Chiefs season ticket holder. His sure. son is in love with the Chiefs. He's become I'm a pretty sure. big Chiefs fan, but they he, talked he, about he the loved, Cubs and Sox. He loved Ed Podolak as a child. I don't think I he loved sure Ed Podolak he because he Well, who didn't love Ed Podolak, you know? First of all, I don't know that he's old enough to love Ed Podolak. Like, Passon's younger than me. Right. But, no, it's 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 the history of Podolak, you know? All the great things that he did in Kansas City. Right, yeah. Who he's did a big love, Len Dawson fan. Right, who didn't love Ed, Ed Podolak? From the whole world the loved him. Burt Bell, not Burt Bell. Buddy Bell. No, buddy? not Buddy Bell. Not Buddy Bell. So there, was, Bell. It was, uh, there was a Bell that got things done out there. There was a Bell. Yeah. It was uh, Bob Bell? No, Bob Bell is the, the – who it came was off it? the corner. Maybe it was uh, Buck Buchanan <laughs> that came off the corner. I don't remember. I'm sure. It could have been Buck. We got our uh, trusty uh, assistant here, uh, uh, producer extraordinaire uh, Jake uh, Arteta. He's going to make it happen. Jesse's going to join us. Todd Furman's going to join us live in Vegas. And Greeny will join us Cantu. at 2. Jake Cantu. Right That's as the it. trade deadline arrives. Who so, the hell's Jake Arteta? I have no idea. Why don't you say Cantu? Well, I, I looked mean, over at him. And it looked like an Arteta. Not really. I was yeah. just letting you riff. I was letting you do your thing. Thank you. Thank so you. we've got a lot to talk about today. I, I almost feel like the first thing we should mention is the ridiculously warm weather that we're experiencing. Well, I read we might come close to setting a record tomorrow before it does cool off and it'll be closer to normal into the weekend. I also read that we are at peak El Nino. They're calling it the super El Nino right now. Oh, and now it's going to we're going to come on that Spanish for right, guys. The baby. Uh, yeah. No, the Nino. Okay. You're Someone's never seen SNL before. This is a funny guy over here. Oh, Saturday Saturday Night 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 Night. Well, it's Chris watch Farley. <laughs> that's Chris, that's, that's a classic Chris Farley that. line. I don't remember funny. that one. I don't know. I don't remember. What was the skit, Adam? I don't remember that. It was like a weather report. He was like, we now talk to, I think it was Weekend Update. And he goes, I am El Nino. <laughs> For those of you that don't speak Spanish, that translates to <laughs> the, Nino. the Nino. I don't remember that for some reason. And I love Chris watching Farley. TV every once uh, in a while. I will offer you up this. Three years ago. I was down in Effingham doing some snow goose hunting, and we were doing it in T-shirts. Today because you could do weather, it in a T-shirt. Because right, the weather was so warm, unseasonably warm, I, incredible, unbelievably warm, that it turned the field with we were hunting into muck. 
And we had dug that field up so bad, we've never been invited back. I bet. So, but that's three years ago. Take a look at the month of February. Oh, my God. We had 65-plus temperatures down in Effingham, so it still had to be warm up here. We might hit a record tomorrow. So enjoy the beautiful weather. Well, I got shorts on. I know you what do. You, what are you doing with pants on? I put pants on. I'm, I, I don't know. This is my outfit for the day. I'm going down by you later tonight. That's uh, right. We're to your, so I, I just, this is it. I'm not making a wardrobe change. This is what no, I'm that, wearing. No, you look, so. you, you look resplendent. I'm wearing what I'm wearing. You, you look know? top notch, kid, like you're ready to rock for the evening. That's what I can't wait for. When we leave here today, it's uh, back home. Grab my son for baseball practice. Uh, drop him back off at home and then down by uh, beautiful Lincolnshire Country Club in Crete with Yurko and the Can't fellas wait to have you. Tonight, yeah, and we're going to be breaking down uh, the NBA trade deadline. No, I doubt it. We'll probably. Oh, I'm sure we will. We'll break down the Super Bowl. Bogdanovich. Pluses and minuses of Bogdanovich. There's been a bunch of like little moves today. Buddy Heald got moved. I saw Ke- that. Kelly Olynyk gets moved, I feel like, every year. He got moved. Bulls, as far as we know, nothing yet. There's like a 10-player deal of nobody's going places, right? Wasn't um, there like an eight-player deal of just a bunch of guys going one place and nobody going back? Uh, Raptor, I, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff. Like, it's, it's a lot of minor little things. The yeah. Knicks uh, have done that uh, Bogdanovich deal that you were talking about. Right, the Knicks yeah. acquired Bogdanovich, it looks like. Uh, the, the, the Mavericks, Bulls, I think, are getting Daniel Gafford. The Bulls, at one point, there was a little whisper about them acquiring Bogdanovich. That has not happened, obviously. I don't know why the Bulls would be in there. Ah, they're not sitting on their hands right now at beautiful United, uh, the United Center and the offices over there. They're sitting on their hands waiting for something to break. If anything happens, we'll be sure to let you know. Uh, Jack and Abdallah are back at the shop kind of tracking it, It'll everything. drum up the excitement, won't it? It'll just drum up. If the Bulls make a minor deal, won't that just fill the place up now and – Rekindle the hopes, no. reignite the flame of Bulls basketball. No. The answer is no. I'm being facetious and sarcastic. Yeah, I don't believe anything that the Bulls will do will bring any excitement whatsoever to the Chicago Bulls. I, I do want to play something for you here from Field Yates yesterday when he was on with Waddle and Sylvie talking about Caleb Williams. It continues to be sort of the most hot-button polarizing thing I think that we're going to discuss in the coming weeks and months, obviously, leading up to the April draft in the NFL but there's been so much chatter there's so uh, about like what Caleb is and isn't a lot of people seem to think that he's got an attitude problem that he doesn't want to come to Chicago although none of that has been said by anybody right. in Caleb Williams camp publicly you know as his father had some reservations maybe uh, looking at the history of the bears perhaps but it certainly hasn't come from Caleb most of the people that have any association with that program talk about Caleb being a good teammate. That's still not going to be good enough for right. listeners that simply and fans that simply have X'd him off, that feel like there are too many red flags. Maybe they just are obsessed with Justin Fields, whatever it is. I don't think any of it is going to change their minds, and that's okay. But this was Field Yates yesterday. Take a listen, talking to Waddle and Sylvie about what he's heard. Remember, Field Yates worked in this league for a while. Field Yates, uh, that's why he's so close with Ryan Poles. They were together when they both started coming out of college in Kansas City. Field Yates worked in this league for a long time. He has a lot of connections to scouting departments and front offices around the league. Listen to what Field Yates said yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie about the things he's heard about Caleb Williams. i got to be honest with you guys. I think some of it's been unfair to Caleb so far. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything. From anybody that's been in that program or been around that program, you know, when scouting Caleb Williams in person. And, uh, you know, these scouts go on the road and they do these in-person visits, and it's not just for one player, but obviously all of them are going to ask about Caleb Williams. And nobody that I've spoken with 
I can't say that I've spoken to every NFL scout that's ever been through the USC campus. But nobody that I've spoken with has told me, like, this character is such a concern that you need to be investigating it night and day until the draft begins. As a matter of fact, like, nothing even close to that. Honestly, like, I don't think, I, I don't think character is like a red flag or leadership is a red flag for Caleb Williams at all. I will say this. Caleb Williams uh, has not yet signed with an agent. And I'm not saying that every player has to have an agent. Lamar Jackson just showed that you can get a big-time deal done with an agent. I just think that the – I think an agent can help either squelch ideas or narratives or like just like help educate people, right? Like that's somebody who's acting on your behalf. And in the case of many of the – you know, a lot of the quarterbacks end up with the same kind of cluster of agents. Like they've got a direct line to people in the media that have massive microphones that can help kind of like set the record straight when nonsense dribbles out into the ether. And so, you know, I've seen or read or heard some of the stuff that people are kind of asking about. And I would just say, like, in my own sort of, like, digging on it, I don't feel like a whole lot of it is particularly fair to Caleb Williams. That was Field Yates uh, yesterday. A lot of, you know, some of the things people talk about, the, the crying in his mom's arms, okay. I mean, listen, I, I don't really bash a guy too much for being emotional. Some people had a problem with the fingernails, the FU on the fingernails. I'd ask you, like, is it possible that a young kid does some stuff in college, gets into the pros, gets around grown men, learns a thing or two, grows up a little? Maybe one of the veterans says, hey, knock that you-know-what off. Like, if he does it in an NFL game, I don't know. I mean, is it possible that, like, a young kid kind of gets into a, a situation where all of a sudden he's a pro around grown men, he's competing against grown men, and he does grow up himself a little bit? If that's an issue, it gets policed within the team. That's what I mean. Like, does that right, happen? That's what usually happens. And as far as attitude goes, attitudes change. You know, sometimes you're a victim of your environment and where you're at. You were very successful your junior year. Come your senior year, you're not as successful. You're not winning as many games. You're throwing more interceptions, you know, in certain games. You're not winning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your defense isn't as good as it was the year before. Your receivers aren't as good as they were the year before. So what do you do? Sometimes you take a look at the assessment and and, and you you find a way to become suddenly dour Mm -hmm. in situations like that. A player is in charge of his attitude and what he brings to the party. And if his attitude's not right, it's up to his coaching staff to adjust his attitude to get it where it needs to be. So can attitudes change? Yes. He gets to the pros. Can his attitudes change? Certainly. Do guys grow up? Absolutely. Is there a difference between a player in his first year and in his third and fourth year if he makes it that far in the league? Absolutely. So if you're asking me, can a guy become a different person than he was or that he's being portrayed. And mature. Uh, you know, and maturity, of course. Can he do that? Yeah, absolutely he can do that. That, that. Listen, but it's not an issue, and don't listen to the noise from the people that don't know. I don't right. listen to anybody that doesn't know anything. Right. I'm looking at the people that watch. I'm looking at the people that, uh, that for a living, scouts, mm-hmm. sit and look at guys, crunch the numbers, Take a look at uh, you know their intangibles, what they consider important when they're looking at the players. Because about eighty percent of it you can see, mm-hmm. and then it's the twenty percent. That's really the difference makers. Yeah, the guys that are willing to compete. You know, what's his level of compete when he's out there? You know, is he one of these guys that uh, you know once things are down, oh, I just accept the fact that this yeah. thing's not going to go our way and things are hunky dory and we'll live to fight another day. Or is this a guy that wants to fight tooth and nail yeah. uh, for every victory, for every first down? For you know, is it, 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 you know, what's he going to be like uh, when things are going against him? That's what I need to know. That's right. what I need to find out. Most importantly, the guys that are doing it with the Chicago Bears, 
you know, the 10 guys that they've got analyzing college guys, the guys that they cross-reference and say, hey, come take a look at this guy. This is not your department, but we want your opinion on this kid and give us some thoughts on him. That, those are the guys that are important right now for the Chicago Bears. A lot of what you see and a lot of what you say, it's 87% crap, and then 13% you got to find what's the truth. And that's the challenge for the Chicago Bears. If you want to ring us up today, uh, talk, you know, Bears-specific things, Super Bowl questions, prop bet questions, prop bets you like, uh, other angles in the game that you want to get after, questions for the good kid, you can ring us up and talk about any of that. 312-332-3776. The number, as always, you can watch us on YouTube even when we're out and about. Make sure you click and subscribe on the station's YouTube page and make sure you've got the ESPN Chicago app. So loaded show today. We're not going to do McKnight at the movies today. We're going to do that tomorrow, but we'll talk to Todd Furman live in Vegas, get one final preview of Super Bowl 58 with him coming up a little over an hour from now. We'll do that about 135. We're going to talk to Jesse in about 15, 20 minutes live from baseball's winter meetings. Greeny uh, will join us at 2 right as the trade deadline arrives in the NBA. So very busy day. Join us for the fun. It's Carmen and New York live at Twin Peaks and Warrenville. Come by and see us. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. We're live at Twin Peaks, Warrenville. Thursday action. Come by and see us. Getting you set for Super Bowl weekend. Todd Furman live in Vegas at 135. We've got more Usher tickets to give away, too. Gave some away yesterday. We'll do it today and tomorrow. October 28th. Yeah, October 28th. The October 28th show. we got tickets. Yes, and he's coming to the United Center in the fall, but we've got some tickets to give away. And, of course, he's got a new album coming out, and then Usher's the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Who's, who, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who's doing a national anthem? Oh, is uh, Reba, it, is Reba, it, Reba. Reba, that's right. Reba, Reba McIntyre. Reba, Reba McIntyre. That'll be good, I think. Reba yeah, they McIntyre. set the over-under on the uh, national anthem at 90 seconds. It's one of that's the shorter, fast. That's one of the shorter numbers that are out there. Uh, they may have timed Reba doing it someplace else. Wow. Like Reba may have done it in Nashville uh, for a uh, yeah, right. t- Tennessee Titan game. Right. So she may have a quicker pace than most when it comes to the national anthem. Ninety seconds. You know, a little bit of fast. double time. A little bit of double time. You know, <laughs> coming through there. Yeah. Oh, say can you? She's not pacing it. Really I don't think we're going to get a Whitney Houston style. No. Slow. Lots of energy. You know what I'm no. saying? Deep, bellowing voice. I think the only one that can pull that off are uh, Adele. Adele. I think Adele can have a spirited. National Has Adele anthem. done it? I don't know if she has or not. I don't think she has, but they also count um, if there's someone with her, like playing piano or guitar or something. That counts. So if they start. Yeah, so if they do like an intro, because sometimes they'll do like a little bit of an intro, they count that as part of the anthem. Hmm. So if there's like a little bit of a lead up, lead up to it. 90 seconds seems. seems I don't know. I never bet on that. I I, I just don't. I think 90 seconds is a lifetime. Okay. I'll tell you this. Might as well be 10 minutes. Yeah. What do people expect? It's one of my. It's one of my favorite things to bet on. If you're at a party, it's not as fun if you're not like at a Super Bowl party. Right. But if a bunch of people are betting on it, you got a dude with a stopwatch like on their phone. I guess it's fun to bet. Like, don't throw a lot of money on it, but it's something fun to start the game. It's I've like, never really thought well, about that. You do the, the coin flip and the, the what you call it, the national, national anthem, anthem parlay. But they have limits on the anthem, right? Because that can be affected. I mean, yeah. she can say, 
I'll just go over. I'll go. Not. I'm, I'm not suggesting Reba McIntyre is doing anything I mean, nefarious. Well, I, I, but I mean, but, it sounds like it. But 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 I do believe there are very small limits that they'll allow you to All wager right. on that because it can certainly the outcome can be very easily swayed. Now let's get back to who has the chops to sing the national anthem the way Whitney did. Adele, I gave you Christina Aguilera. She's got a wonderful voice. She's had a wonderful voice for she, years. She does have a pretty good She's voice. She's got the chops if she wanted to try to pull something off magnificent. But those are the only two that I believe could, you know, have the voice that Whitney used to have. Uh, Adele, for sure. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Adam would know better than me I watched. I watched um, Adele sing her song Acapulco one time. I mean. And I think, it was absolutely Why fantastic. has Michael Buble never done it? Because well, he's too busy doing mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's shrooming up all the time. Did you I, see that from the All-Star enough. game? I, no, I didn't know that. Oh, he so he was, uh, he was on stage doing, they were doing like the uh, celebrity thing, and it was like him and Will Arnett, and they were talking to him about his fantasy hockey teams, and he's like, yeah, I'm in this one with these guys and this one, and my friend told me this was a microdose, and boy, was he wrong. This was at the NHL All-Star game yeah. last weekend? Yeah. That's pretty funny. He way, de- he's speaking- denying it, but it definitely sounded and looked like he was on mushrooms. Speaking of that, I'm glad, and I, I don't want to derail us, but I just want to say I didn't I didn't talk about this with you guys at all uh, during the course of the week. But I don't know how much of the festivities you watched, and and you've probably seen him skate before, or at least play basketball. Justin Bieber's not a bad little athlete. He's not a kid anymore, obviously. Well, he played hockey. And he grew up in Canada. He played yeah. hockey. That kid can skate. If, He's Canadian. <laughs> out of all like the celebrities, if I needed to win uh, That's like some sort of celebrity it, sporting yeah, event, I'd right. want him to play hockey with me. The that, kid can really skate. That'd be like saying the American kid can run or play baseball. I know. I mean, I what guess, are you talking about? I guess you're right. I mean, come on Did you now. Stop? But like, He's really good. I mean, when, when it's cold up in Canada all year, what do you think they do? It's true. They put the skates on half the yeah. time. It's the only way you can get around town. Snowshoes, skis, skates. <laughs> Bieber's my pick. Those are their winter shoes up in Canada. And the players all love him, you know, because he's a big supporter of hockey. And he's sure. in Canada. He yeah. loves hockey. It was Remember he almost got in a fight on the rink when somebody gave him a little bit of a body shot? And he oh, went after he? a bigger know, dude? I yeah. That. I don't know. So you, listen, you can, you can sing and you're one hell of a performer, but champ, you may not want to square up against you, me. Do you guys want a few, like, behind the numbers kind of things, yeah. just gambling-wise for the Put Super Bowl? Whatever you want out there. Um, all right, so last year broke a streak of four consecutive unders. All right, so they hit an over last year, but there had been four consecutive unders. In the game. Under, in the in game. The game. In, in the game. game. Full total for the game, yeah. Uh, the current total has really not budged much, 47.5. That would be the lowest total since Super Bowl 50, which was Panthers-Broncos and right. that incredible Panthers defense back in 2016. Uh, the last favorite to cover in the Super Bowl, Yurko? The Chiefs, when they beat the Niners in Super Bowl 54, since 2000. So pretty big data set here, right? You go all the way back to the 2000 Super Bowl. We'll go the 99th season, the game in February the of 2000. game in February of 2000. Which was the famous Rams-Titans game. Yes. Since that Super Bowl, favorites are just 7-15-1 against the spread. One game went off as a pick em. So there was no point spread. One right. game was a pick. 7-15-1 against the spread are the favorites. So it has been very much an underdog, pretty live underdog game here. The dog. Another big trend uh, that has sort of fizzled in the last couple of years but was very popular, especially when Brady and Belichick and the Patriots were playing in all of their Super Bowls in this century. First quarter total, right? The first quarter under was a huge play for a long time. Since 2000, here's a little data for you to look at uh, points scored 
in the first quarter. The current total in the first quarter is 7.5. It's minus 110 both ways. This is that same data sample all the way back to 2000. The mean, 6.9. The median, 7.5. The mode is 10. The highest scoring first quarter was Super Bowl 41, Bears and Colts, if you remember. And I believe it was 20 in the first quarter of that game. That first quarter trend, that undertrend has largely disappeared. It was a real popular thing, like I said, when it was Brady and Belichick. Most of those Super Bowls were 0-0 going into the second quarter. Teams that score first in the Super Bowl year go on to win nearly two-thirds of the time. And And the Bears were part of that one-third. The Bears were absolutely part yeah, of that one-third. Part of that one-third. You are correct. 33.3%. You are correct. The team that scores first normally goes on to win the Super Bowl. The 49ers right now are minus 115 to score first. The Chiefs are minus 105. And that can be very dependent on how the toss goes, if somebody defers, who wins the kick. And, boy, the Chiefs uh, have been great at scoring first in these playoff games. You know, we gave you that stat. This might not be... You know, they're, if they don't possess the ball first, they, they might not win this bet if the 49ers go down and score. But the Chiefs have scored on their opening possession in eight consecutive playoff games. That's incredible, and it speaks to Reed, maybe Nagy a little, and certainly Patrick Mahomes and just how good that script has, be, has been early in games in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and it's tough now uh, because, in, in you the know, there's obviously there's breakers all the time, and it depends how aggressive teams want to be. You know, do they play close to the vest? Do they wait yeah. for people to make mistakes? Is this thing going to be a little bit of a boxing match where guys are going to feel each other out early? Yep. Or are the scripted plays that both sides going to have, are those scripted plays going to be the ones that set them up for success? Uh, that, the, trying to bet all that stuff drives you absolutely crazy. You'll go yeah. nuts. The one I do like, though, is sometimes when a team gets out to a little bit of a lead, betting that other team to make a comeback. Mm, so like a live bet? Live scenario? betting. Live betting is what I'm talking about right there. Yes. Live betting. Numbers that are moving back and forth. You know, even during the game, the over-under, the owners uh, on, a, on a guy's rushing yards coming down, mm. or the over is going, you know, it only takes one quarter. You've seen Travis Kelsey in one quarter make 10 catches, I mean, right? think about last week or right, two weeks ago. I'm trying to tell you that. Yeah. Hey, Ten catches in one quarter, and then he disappears for the rest of the game, right? Well, that could happen for a guy in the third quarter. And then that number comes all the way down. All of a sudden, he has that ten-catch third quarter, and then that number was a little bit lower. You can jump on that and make yourself a nice little profit. Yeah. Uh, any other props that, like, jump out to you that you I, like? I like the Purdy uh, over 12.5 rushing yards. Yeah, you said you like that I one. I like that The way one. the playoffs have gone, that's not a bad I, I like I like the uh, under on Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards. Mm. San Francisco, as a defense, doesn't blitz. They rush not four. So there's lot. not a lot of room to run for quarterbacks. Matter of fact, I think if you look in the last three games for the San Francisco 49ers, the quarterbacks' rushing yards have come in as an under every single time. So I, I will take Mahomes under Purdy only because it's at 12.5, one run of 15 yards, and you're there. You've got to worry about the end of the game Some if they go into victory yeah. formation. So yeah. if he rushes the ball three times, there's a chance you're going to have over that, that 12.5, and, and then you'll have the cushion if they've got to go and kneel down a couple of times. I don't have any investment uh, on the side, not on the spread, not on the money line at this point. I'm having a tough time with this game. It's like going against Mahomes kind of seems crazy, but – the Chiefs are going to play this game without their best offensive lineman. I mean, Joe Tooney's not going to play. Unless Andy Reid's really... And who's the other guy, Allegretti? Well, and then you're... 
Nick Allegretti's going to be he's, in for Joe Tooney. Be, I, so I read that this and, morning. You know, yeah. And Allegretti is is okay, but he doesn't play at the level of Joe Tooney. Joe right. Tooney's one of the best guards in the league. And then on the other side of the ball, Charles Amenihu was great for them. Now, I wouldn't say he's their best D lineman. That's obviously Chris Jones. Amenihu had eight sacks. I think I think it was eight in the nine games he played. Remember, he was suspended to start the year. So Amenihu didn't play the whole season. Uh, but he was tremendous for them. And he made... One of the biggest plays in the AMC title game, the strip sack Lamar before getting hurt. So without two like incredible players. line players on, on one on their O line, one on their D line, and, and against the 49ers team that is so dynamic offensively. Well, what's it's the spread currently? What's the spread currently? Two is mostly the consensus. It was one and a half. It's been yes. bet out to two now. It's still yeah. not above three. I don't think it's going to get there either. Right. We'll ask Furman, but I doubt it. Well, I, I, I think San Francisco is going to win this game. Right now, back down to one and a half. You think San Francisco is going to win? I San Francisco still winning this game. Nothing has changed. If they win the game, I think it will be by three or four points. That's where I have it at. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like San Fran's the better, like, healthier team right now. And the Kansas more City's team. the team that's got all the experience in the world, the team that people overlook, so even besides all the injuries that they may or may not have with guys not playing, they always find a way to overcome. Why? Of because of number 15. It is true. So, it, it, you know, it's one of those things you got to have. A, I, it's my, hard. My feel, my analysis has come back, and it's, you know, like Mike Norris always says. Mike goes, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I went to the system, and the system says San Francisco. Only I don't have a system. I have a a feel. I have a gut feel on what's going to happen in this game. I think you're right, but I can't get there on San Fran because I'm afraid of betting against Mahomes. But I also can't get there on the Chiefs right now. I just can't. So I doubt I'll have an investment one way or another on winner, loser, money line, spread, probably a total play. Got a few prop bets. We'll do some more stuff on odds couple, Mike so and I. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is 70 and a half yards. 70 and a half. And I think in the playoffs, he's been over that thing, what? 12 straight playoff games. He's been over. He's been 71 yards or more in an NFL record 12 straight playoff games. The last time he failed to get to 71 yards, yeah. Super Bowl 54 against when, the Niners. And when push comes to shove, who are they going to go to? Probably Kelsey. And what what do they do better than any other quarterback tight end tandem do? They find a way on a broken play yes. or on just something that they decided he saw. He found he finds a void in his own, and they find a way to hit him. Yes, so. he's been targeted twenty seven times in this postseason. He's got twenty three catches. Yeah, think about that percentage. And Rasheed Rice has come to play. Rasheed Rice is hauling in eighty percent of his targets. In the postseason, Listen, when Valde- he's been targeted when a lot. Valdez Scantling is catching balls know. in pressure situations, you know you got a feeling that something good might be able to happen for you. But what happens when the pressure comes up and the sphincter tightens? And there's a little bit of jittery, and there's maybe a little bit of a smidge of a tear in the eye. Don't you feel like he's going to drop it? Of the situation. <laughs> All of a sudden, guys start catching it like seals. Back of their hands, they're trying to catch the ball with, and they end up getting drops. This year, this team has been beleaguered by drops. And you would think there'd be pressure in an AFC championship game in a divisional playoff round. You'd think there'd be pressure there, and there normally is. But the Super Bowl is a different demon. This is a different demon. The Super Bowl, all the lights, all the pizzazz, Vegas, showgirls, all the good stuff being out there. You know what I'm talking about? I do. There's going to be some pressure out there. I think every time Mahomes throws the ball in the air to MVS, and MVS is so fast, he's always got to step on guys. Yeah. I think every time Mahomes puts it in the air and he's like, I think he knows it, and, and like in his mind he's going, uh, F, 
But I got to throw it to him anyway. And then he just, like, closes his eyes and he hopes. He's like, please, don't don't drop this one. I wish there was a bet out there, like, like at a plus 1,200. Who gets a Kindle Vildor? Who has one bounce off their head into the hands of another guy for a big play? I wish they had that kind of wager. That's fun. Yeah. Which player fails so miserably that he helps the other team? That's a good one for me. We'll do a quick baseball uh, update here with Jesse Rogers coming up next from the winter meetings. The White Sox getting the jump on the Bears maybe. Releasing their stadium renderings. Oh, Maybe they're the that. ones that want that tax, I that, guess. That, right? Hey, that looks good. It huh? looks awesome. And what do you know? Hey, and then they're going to talk. Let's talk about what they plan on doing with, uh, with uh, U.S. Cellular after this. I don't know if you saw the mock-ups of U.S. Cellular or, or something. Oh, no. Or... I got better plans. Okay, all right. I got better plans for U.S. Cellular than I think the world does. Jesse will join us. Are the Cubs going to do anything here at these meetings? Uh, are they going to? Why are the winter meetings so late? Why, how could these be the winter meetings? Uh, Doesn't spring I mean, training start? I don't in, want to ruin it for you. My 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 thing is, who cares? The spring training starts in like a week. What I would tell you, so spring training is more important than a bunch of it's like winter what is meetings. It, the owner meetings, winter, the GM meetings. Uh, what do we got? Are the Adam? Which are these the are winter? These? Are these meetings? the owner meetings? I don't know which ones these are. I don't know. Listen, what are what let's are? Let's just they? say this: baseball's stupid. First wow. of all, you give out Thank your awards. You. You're still you giving out it. awards. I don't know. If they, have they given out the MVP yet? Or are they I still mean, they waiting to do the, that? They, they had the GM meetings. They had bro. the GM oh. meetings. I think they had the winter meetings. I believe. Oh, oh. Is this the, these are the owners' meetings? The owners' meetings. meetings. Owners okay. I believe so. But again, Where are they at? It, I, I, I don't know. They're down there to collect their checks right now from like national uh, television contracts and stuff. I don't know. You I, get a check. I, I and you I, get a check. And Billy Bean, come up here. You get a check. I don't know what baseball, really. I can't keep yeah. it straight. And so, poor Oakland listen, can't find Jesse, Jesse's at some meeting. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's somewhere. somewhere. He's talking to Reinsdorf, and he's he, talking to Hoyer. He convinced somebody uh, in Bristol and Rob he Manfred. should be there. And yeah. Rob Manfred. He's got, there's some meetings going on for baseball. Jesse's there. He'll join us coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Baseball's like first for meetings, right? There's like the GM meetings, the winter meetings, the owners' meetings. First for meetings. Mascot meetings. Don't forget about the mascot meetings. They they separate and they get that. And then you've got all the uh, Roger Bosser, the sod father, holds the sod father meetings to talk about baseball fields and such. Does anything actually get done at these meetings? No, a lot of handshaking. Spring training starts in a week and, like, Cody Bellinger isn't signed anywhere. Bourbon swilling going on. You know, that kind of thing. They all pet each other on the back and tell each other what a wonderful job they've done. And somehow Jesse... Tricks Bristol into like getting sent know. to all these meetings all know. the time. I don't, I don't know how he does it. Well, but he's the elite baseball reporter of ESPN. Well, that's you know. true. Yeah, <laughs> but there is some news. I, well, how many meetings can they have for Christ's sake? And nobody signed. I mean, like what? You know, what, what, how many Boris agents are uh, uh, Boris clients are still unsigned? You guys go to spring training next week. I know. There's four big ones: Montgomery, Snell, Bo- uh, Montgomery, Snell, Bellinger, and Chapman. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, this is going to get real interesting with him. I mean, we've seen players hold out into the season. It doesn't happen often, but it's happened. Remember, the Cubs signed Craig Kimbrell in June. Yeah. So, um, boy, I mean, usually he pulls a rabbit out of his hat, but, man, to pull four of them at this stage of the game will be interesting. I mean, Reese Hoskins is a Boris Klein. He signed with Milwaukee, and that's, that's, that's the kind of contract that could end up happening a couple years. I mean, in, in his case, a couple years because he got hurt, but a right. smaller contract with several opt-outs. Like, if Bellinger returns to the Cubs, it's like maybe five years with three opt-outs or three years with two opt-outs or something crazy like that because that's the way 
stock and not save face necessarily, but get something better out of it. Hey, look at Bellinger. He had another great year. We're going back into the market. Right. So the, the opt-outs are the saving face, but, but that means you have to prove yourself again. Most players want the security. So this mm. is going to get real interesting. I mean, we could start with that, just playing off of what Passon said to Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. Yeah. Look, I, I will give you all the inside information we have. I can't tell you. I, can't, I don't have a crystal ball, though. My point being is the Cubs don't want to pay him the big money. That's become obvious. The Cubs will not change their stance. There's, that I can tell you factually. They are not going to go up. It would take Boris coming down, and that's the thing we don't know. Will he wait it out, wait it out, wait it out, and come back to the Cubs and, and, and offer or ask for a smaller deal with those opt-outs? Because I will tell you one thing. If he does hear the right number from another team, he's gone. There's no coming back to the Cubs and negotiating. And that's the thing about Boris. There's not a lot of wiggle room. He gives you the parameters, which right now are over $200 million. You either take them or don't. If he hears a number somewhere else, he's gone. He's not giving the Cubs right of refusal or anything like that. But, obviously, the market has not developed for all four of these guys, I don't think, the way uh, they thought. And so there is that chance to come back to the table. And that's why Pass and I both, both predict he, he's, he's more likely gone than not. Just on a percentages game, Passon said it right. The Cubs are much less desperate than maybe another team like the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, Blue Jays, um, yeah. Yep. You know, Boris wants the, the, the right deal. He doesn't want to have to come back to the Cubs. So it's all about a percentage guess here because I don't know. Maybe Bellinger at some point will say, give me the smaller deal. I like Chicago. That hasn't happened yet. So when we make a guess like this, it's, it's, it's sort of playing the percentages on what we know about the Cubs' unwillingness to go up what we know about Boris wanting to get a max deal, what we know about other teams that are more in championship mode. The Cubs are more than willing to go to spring training without Cody Bellinger on their roster. How do they replace him? They don't this year. They don't. Now, there's always a chance. I know Passon mentioned maybe Chapman, if it's not Bellinger, that's yep. fine. But, you, you know, replacing Bellinger is a go-glove caliber outfielder who's a lefty, who slugs, who gets on base, who runs. You don't replace him this year. And, I, and I'm just going to go back if you want to go big picture, York. The day, I've said this to you guys. The day they traded you Darvish is the day we knew how long this was going to take. And because they traded them for four teenagers, and none of those four have made it to AAA. Owen Casey's about, about to get there, and he's the best prospect. Yeah, he's the best So this one. was always going to be a long time. And what do they do in the offseason? They trade for Michael Bush, a rookie corner infielder from the Dodgers. Again, they passed on Reese Hoskins. They might be passing on Bellinger. This is a longer-term thing, which includes their second-ranked farm system. Now, it just came out the last week. Second-ranked farm system. They're going to let that cook a little bit, see who emerges as a potential starter or star, maybe, and go from there. So the final thought is they are trying to get in in some ways because they have Craig Council now. If he's worth four or five wins, then they can sneak in. I know they want to get in. They're just not pushing all their chips in order to guarantee it. This has always kind of been Jed's M.O., though. You know, they did it with a lot of their own guys, Schwarber, Rizzo, Brian. It was always kind of like, this is our offer if you don't like it. And it seems like that's what's happening with Bellinger. Uh, Jesse's right, too. Passing had some good stuff on this yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie, if you want to go back and listen. It's kind of been a disastrous offseason for the Blue Jays, the way the Shohei thing kind of played out. And they're much more in win mode now. Uh Bichette's coming up in a couple before you know it here. Bichette Bo, and Bo, yeah, but Bo, Bo Bichette, Bo Bichette and 
and, and Vlad, Vlad Jr. And Vlad. Yeah. and Vlad Jr. I mean, they've been in the big leagues a while now. You know, you're, and you're forgetting it. Within sure. a couple of years, it's either pay or they're going somewhere else. So I, I, they're in win now mode. And will they be 26 year old free agents when they become free agents? Will they be a little bit older? Vladdy will be Jess. Is that right? Vladdy seemed like he was pretty young when he came in. I'll double check. Yeah, those are the guys, guys that usually older, get paid, yeah. right? Them are the guys that get paid. So. Yeah, but Toronto's very right-handed. We've talked about this. Very they need much. a lefty. Bellinger would be perfect. I mean, it's pretty clear, and to Boris's amazement, that there are some doubts that Bellinger will will be great for a bunch of years. I mean, he will he will reel off all the things he's done at, at his age, and they're pretty impressive. But yeah. you can't. I guess you can't ignore the two bad years. But again, he will stress the the, the injuries, which I think were believable when you consider what he did last year mostly healthy. I, like, I, I think Bellinger proved it to me, but apparently he's, he hasn't proved it to enough executives for the big, big money. Now, maybe, maybe they just, you know, he th- they think he should be well-paid, but not exorbitant, you know, $250, 300000000 million. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, I said this months ago, it's a cat-and-mouse game. Who's going to blink first? But I will tell you, I'm pretty confident the Cubs are not going to blink. They're more than okay with going to the season without him and, and you know the plan all along was to hand the job to pca anyway yeah so they're not going to overextend themselves um uh, and there's you know i mean i don't want to get into the weeds about their finances but look they're broadcasting spring games from chicago um they're cutting back you know some things on marquee um the, the, other than the oh that's it that's minute, all though. nonsense yeah yes we love marquee yeah. don't we doesn't tom Rick, ricketts told listen us. i don't want to hear yeah. about the finances like, like as passon said this yesterday too yeah. about the kansas city Tell situation them. uh they, they they're going to the taxpayers hat in hand to build a new stadium in kansas city right. it's no surprise they just handed out a 300 million dollar contract to bobby witt jr it's nonsense like passon said these owners have always made money always they choose I, not to spend it. I don't want to hear about poor Tom Ricketts and his finances. Yeah. Oh, I don't I'm not, want to hear I'm it. Not, I'm, not, I'm not going to do that. I, I will tell you the vibe here. I'm at the owners. I talk, the vibe here is the Dodgers are going to be the Steinbrenner Yankees for the next decade, and that's a concern. They get, they get $300 million a year from their local TV deal alone. It basically pays their payroll. And uh, now other teams got a lot of money or used to get a lot of money from, them, from their TV deal. You know, that's been in the news, too. The RSN, the cable situation is a disaster for many teams. Uh, fortunately for Tom Ricketts, the Cubs have their own network, so they're, not, they're, not, they're a little bit immune, but not completely yeah. immune. Yeah. But this is the vibe. Watch out. You think this offseason was big for the Dodgers? It's going to be this way for a long, long time because their TV deal is lucrative and not many teams are. So right. I'm not saying it's time poor. Let me say one more thing about well, Kansas City. I agree with all that. But look, the Brewers signed Yelich. Did they ever sign a second great star? The Royals signed Bobby Witt. Are they going to sign a second one? No, Everyone's because they're cheap. One. They're cheap. Right. Everyone's willing to do one. I don't know about e- the small market ex- willing to do more. Except than the White Sox, who have never spent more than $75 million. Now you've got the Royals spending $290 million on Bobby Witt Jr. Vladdy debuted as a 20-year-old, Bichette as a 21-year-old. They okay. will be young free agents right. here, relatively speaking. Thank you very All much. right, Jess, before we let you go, on the Sox. I ran into Jerry. I ran oh. into Jerry. He says well, hello. Oh, he sure he does. Hello. Yeah, I bet. He's we, probably we big about- F you is what he said. Uh, let you know me. Was, uh, no, you know what he was nice about? He was nice about my Keenan Middleton article last year. I thought he might say, he goes, you know what? A player has every right to sound off. I kind of wish he would have said it when he was with the team, but you know how players are. They're more willing to talk. And he, he was, he was like respectful of the fact that Middleton basically imploded their team through the media. So I, I give him credit for not being upset about that. You know what, what I mean? What, what do you think is yeah. behind uh, this 
I don't want to say 180, but like five months ago, he's there. He's leaking stories that they're flirting with Nashville and he's taking meetings uh, at one of the silly meetings baseball has. I can't remember if it was the GM meetings or the winter meetings. He's taking meetings with uh, just a few months ago with the Nashville mayor. Right. What, what, what is, what is spurn this? Is it the fact that he's trying to get the beat on the bears and that tax money? Because he knows now that Chicago's very much in play for the bears. Well, how is this turned so quickly? They're releasing beautiful renderings of a riverfront right. uh, stadium in the South loop. Yeah. I actually talked to Manfred about this today. Like I, what part of it is the importance of having the two teams in Chicago. And he made even a joke. He's like, I know you got that other team in town. But we need our big markets to keep their two teams, the ones that have them, L.A., Chicago, New York. You know, it, it would be – so I think the league absolutely wants the, the, the White Sox to stay in Chicago. And, look, everyone's – I may not answer your question directly, but everybody wants this. The Atlanta Braves are the model, business model of everybody in baseball. To have a ballpark and then a surrounding area that is an attraction on non-game days – basically 365 days a year. Do you realize the battery in Atlanta drew 10 million people? Only 3 million went to the game. Wow. But the, the, that drew 10. So the White Sox and, and even the Cubs are, haven't completely capitalized on this because the restaurant's empty, empty at Wrigleyville in Wrigleyville when the game starts. Everybody goes to the game. No one's going to Wrigleyville other than some bars to watch the game unless it's a playoff game. You're going to the game. So the, a destination with residential, like I think – the idea of the whole thing was attractive, and I don't know about the jump on the Bears. I don't know enough about that. But to, to have something like Battery S, where it's a destination potentially, and obviously uh, tons of residences and, and businesses there, so you have the built-in biz, you know, business at the ballpark and on non-game days, I think that was attractive to the, to the whole package. I mean, he is the exact opposite where he is. It's a, it's a disaster for trying trying to build a battery-esque thing. You can't do it you there. Can't do but it. everybody everybody is looking for this, and so this would be the, the White Sox version of it. It, pro- it might even turn out to be better than the Cubs because, as I'm saying, people don't go to Ridleyville on non-game days. It's, a, it's hard to do, right? But, yeah. But, uh, to, to attract. but there they would, potentially. Yeah. yeah, well, the attraction, the proximity to the loop and the business district and the trains, yeah, it could make some sense. All right, Jesse, excellent work. Uh, the, which meetings are these? These are the owners' meetings. That's where you these are. These are the owner owners' meetings. Uh, Four Seasons Orlando, beautiful, Oof, just ended. One other, one other note is: Should the Major League Baseball players play in the Olympics in 2028 and beyond? Tom Ricketts is actually the chair of the international committee. He's going to have a big say in it. The Olympics are in LA in 28, but the next ones are in Australia. Oof. So it's, it's a tough call. Like, are you going to interrupt Shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> Forget about so it. So there, there, there's me? those kinds of conversations that go on at these meetings besides sitting in the sun. All right, Jess. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, good, good update there from Jess. Some interesting stuff. Anything you want to react to, whether it's the Super Bowl, we were talking prop backs, anything you just heard from Jesse about the Cubs, Bellinger, if you're okay with the idea that they do just let him walk because they feel like they're very early on in their championship window, if you're going to be upset if they let Bellinger walk uh, for what uh, you know is, is, let's say, a $200 million contract that they certainly could afford if they want to. I don't care that they're not sending their, their broadcasters to spring training. Yeah. The, the, I am so sick of this notion that we should be, uh, that they cry poor and we accept it. Oh, they must not have money. Uh, I guess they don't have any. It's complete BS. Jed Hoyer it's is insulting, quite more, frankly. Jed Hoyer has morphed into Billy Bean in front it's, of our eyes. It is insulting. Uh, as, 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 I mean, it's to, to no end. 
to hear them complain about the, 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 no, no, we don't buy these teams to make money. We have nothing. Sorry, we don't have money. It's such BS. I, I can't stand the, it. The thing that disturbed me most about what Jesse said is their plan was always to hand the job to PCA. Whatever happened to earning the job? Whatever happened to going in and getting the job and taking the job and winning the job? Their plan was always to give it to him. Because he's that's one of their young said, prospects. Hey, I know. That's hey, baseball. Hey, I know. They had a lot of young prospects here. Solaire yeah. was a young pro- prospect. He had to earn it. Hap was a young prospect at some point. He had to earn it. Okay? You've got to earn things. You can't be given things. All right. We're live at uh, Twin Peaks, Warrenville. Come by and see us. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Herb. Great lunch crowd here at Twin Peaks Warrenville. Come by and see us. Lots good, of bear good stuff. Group. Good group Lots out of here bear today. stuff. A lot of hats at the bar. You see that? Just think if the bears are ever good. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot of hats at the bar. You see that, Carmen? You look around there, nothing but hats. I see a lot of bear oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, a lot of bear stuff. I saw a Kilo Mac jersey a little bit earlier today. All right. You know what I said? It's going to be free, probably. It's a big big hit. Oh, I, I think he might Diego, be on yeah, the way out. He might out. be a casualty. He might be. And they got okay. some cap issues. And it's okay if you're a casualty. It's fine. Yeah. He put up a lot of sacks out there. He did. You never know. Does he come, at a, does he come as a discount now to another team yeah. that might want to pick him up? What kind of demand would there be out there? Come hang with us here at Twin Peaks Warrenville. Uh, on the other side of 1 o'clock, we are going to – Yurko wants to talk a little bit about what they would do at guaranteed rate if the Sox do proceed. I've got a forward. grand plan. i got okay. a grand plan. I, you're teasing this. I want to hear how serious this is. I don't know if it's going to be something silly or if it's serious. I don't know. We're going to find out, Todd. For, well, I don't know. I, I, God only knows what you're thinking. I mean, I'm a, we're on Twitch right here in front of the whole world. I think like it might be some way to like take a few shots at Jerry, which, hey, I'm cool with. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, these are uh, all money-making opportunities right. that I'm going to bring to the table. At 135, we go to Vegas and talk to Todd Furman. Greeny joins us an hour from now when the trade deadline arrives in the NBA, and we'll talk Super Bowl with Greeny as well. So a lot still to do. Come hang with us at Twin Peaks, Warrenville. It's Carmen and York. We're back in two minutes.